How we doing? Good? Great? Glad the kids are going back to school? Oh yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a nice week. Get those kids back at, in school. Get them out of um, so, how, how many of you parents cried? Cried? Not till Tuesday? Your kids have already been in school? So I'm sorry. It's city mouse and country mouse. The country mouse don't go to school yet, right? All right. So, all right, let's just, hey, how about this? I'll just get into what we're going to be talking about today. Grab your Bibles. Amen. <clears throat> Grab your Bibles, and we'll be in Acts chapter 1. Woo! <laughs> all right. <clears throat> this is uh, the, the, the next few years. Uh, it's going to take, and I'm not going. I'm not going to hide it. It's going to take us a long time to get through the Book of Acts. Because what we'll do is we'll, uh, um, you know, meander a little bit. We'll stroll a little bit. We're not going to sprint much. We might jog a little bit through some some text. But I, what I want us to do is I want us to uh, uh, um, just spend some time looking at the Book of Acts in, in um, all 28 chapters, but not rush through it so we, we miss uh, the importance of what is being delivered to us. Now, I'm going to today, we're, what we're going to do is like just set some framework up. We're going to look at verses 1 through 11 in Acts chapter 1. And I want to set some framework up that we're going to use as we uh, um, walk through the, the, the book over the next uh, couple years or whatever it may be. Uh, and the framework in which I want, I, I don't want you to, to hear what I'm saying today and like, okay, this is, a, you know, a, a, a pep talk. No, this is like, we're laying this foundation and we're going to build the house upon the foundation in which we are, uh, we're laying here. Because I, I think that um, a, a lot of times what we have a tendency to, of, of doing um, or, or a tendency to do is we could take the, the, the Bible and, and we kind of like, all right, where am I going to read? Or we can even be in a Bible reading plan and we, we just start reading text and we shut the Bible and we come back the next day and we read some more text and we shut the Bible. And, and we don't see how all of these texts um, connect. So, so what I want to do is I want to make sure that we have the, the, the connection piece um, for the, the book of Acts. So as we go through it the next uh, few months, that, that we can look at this connection piece and see how, the, uh, um, see how Peter's uh, uh, sermon at Pentecost connects all the way to um, the, the, the second telling of, of uh, Paul's conversion and, and, and all of the in-betweens as well. Because I, I think as we, as we take and we look at the, a piece, a, a framework, and we, we read a text or we read Scripture through that framework, it, it helps to sink in a little bit better. Other than just going willy-nilly and, you know, guns ablaze and, oh, I got my Bible reading in today. Awesome. And I'm not going to tell anybody not to read the Bible, but... What, what did it say, what did it mean, and what do you have to do because of it? And, and I think that we can get those, and I, I love the, the, that Kurt talked about this last week, these coffee cup verses, and we put them in our pocket, and we walk around with these coffee cup verses, and we think, oh, man, I got the Word of God imprinted on my heart. Well, most of the time, those coffee cup verses, as Kurt said, you know, get taken out of context of everything. Well, we want to make sure that we have the context for what it is that um, is being delivered to us. Because there's nothing more important that has been given to us than this, God's own word. And so when we are, are, are uh, uh, um, going through books like this and chunks like this, I, I know that not everybody's going to get as, as excited and as geeked up as some of us will. Other, some will, some won't, but I, I do know that every portion that we go through has impact, or I should say this, potential impact, because some people are just like, I don't even want to deal with that, has this impact on every single person. Because it, it, the, the Bible is, is very clear that it is God-breathed. The words in which God have given us have come directly from his, his mouth. It is God-breathed and it is profitable. So as we dive in today, 
I know that we have, we have different views, um, even with inside this room, of the early church and the significance of certain things in the early church and how they uh, um, decided to do this practice or this practice or not do that or it was only for this time or it's not. We're going we're gonna to get through some really interesting issues. You can't go through the, the, the book of Acts without going through, uh, you know, miracles and uh, spiritual gifts and these uh, phenomena that, that, that take place. We're going we're gonna to look at, at all of this stuff and um, adequately and effectively, when I say effectively, for the, the, the uh, life of the, the, the believer, we're going to effectively see what we need to do because of the truth that is communicated to us. So, if you are in your Bible there, in the book of Acts, let me give you a little bit of background. Because it says here, uh, starting out in verse 1, it says, In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and uh, teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. So, what we have to do is help us with our context a little bit, is understand who's writing the book, who he's writing it to, and what he's writing it for. So who is writing the book is the, uh, the great physician. Not, I shouldn't say it that way because God's a great physician. How about a good physician? The physician, Luke. Luke was a well-educated man. He was not only a physician, he was a historian. He took the, uh, uh, um, all the data that he gained through his travels, not only with the Apostle Paul, but his, um, uh, um, his investigative reporters. I, I think of him uh, more as like the Lee Strobel of the day, right? Case for Christ, anybody? All right, so um, Luke, well, Luke was first, so I guess Luke, Lee Strobel. Anyways, um, but so, so Luke took all of this information, and, and by the, the uh, inspiration of the Holy Spirit, put all of this together to communicate God's Word to us. And, and as he is doing this, it says that, that uh, the, in, in his first book, so what, what, that, what that tells us is what? That Acts is... There was, yeah, it's at least the second book. So when we look at, at um, again, the Bible and how it connects, well, we, we can't just put our, our, our minds into you start in Genesis and go all the way through Revelation and it's all chronological. It, it doesn't work that way. That's not how the Bible has been put together. That's not how the New Testament has been put together. So we have the, uh, the four Gospels. You have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then you have the book of Acts, and then you have a bunch of, uh, of these letters and everything afterwards. But what we have to do is we have to kind of look at all of this and understand how it all goes together. And the way in which we can kind of start to piece how it all goes together is Luke wrote both the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts. All right? So... He wrote it too, and this is where some people have a little bit of controversy of the, the recipient of the book of Acts. I don't really give a rip uh, uh, of which side of the aisle you, you uh, fall in. If Theophil, uh, Theophilus was a physical person or if Theophilus was a group of people because Theophilus means friend of God all right, or lover of God. So it, it, was he a person? He very well could have been. Was it a group of people? It very well could have been. Regardless, the same message was given. Now, in the book of Luke, and I know some of you are sitting here and you're like, wait a second, we started a series in Luke and got about halfway through that, and whatever happened to that? I don't know. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> Stuff happened, and, I, and we can't blame that one on COVID because that was way before COVID. Uh, so I, I don't know what happened. Uh, it's just, what? It was probably me, right? Whatever. It, 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 there's a lot that happens around here that's not right because of me. But, yeah, hey, that's all right. Uh, hey, pfft. oh, you're going to be 40, so you're all big and bad now. <laughs> But what we have to understand is in that first book, we, we know that Luke wrote that book so that Theophilus, the, the man or the people, could have certainty in that which they've been taught, like that which they, they know. 
So think about that, that the first book was, was talked so about uh, um, so that there could be certainty. That also goes on over to uh, the second book, because when he says here that he dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach, he taught um, for certain and with certainty what Jesus began to do. And what we're going to do is, is pick up in the, the sequel of his, his writings on what was continuing to happen. And now, and if you're, you're thinking about, okay, and I know some are like, okay, uh, I just need to know, like, where on, the, on the, 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 the timeline does this all take place? Well, we're going to cover a span from Jesus' um, ascension, you know, right, right before Jesus' ascension, all the way up to... Um, Paul, the Apostle Paul's ministry, it's not to the end of the Apostle Paul's death, but it's up to, the, to a portion of his ministry uh, around 62-ish A.D., um, and, and that's important. That's about the time the book itself uh, is written, when, when Luke penned this. And, and um, why is that all important? Well, some of my nerds in here will know that, that uh, the, the, the um, Roman emperor at the time, Nero, was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Right? He, he, was, he, he was all... I mean, even the, the, the guy before... Well, few guys before him. Claudius, the, the emperor even before uh, um, Nero, was, was kind of cuckoo as, as well. Um, kicked all the, the, uh, the Jews out of, uh, out of Rome. And um, that, that really, it, it, it was one of the reasons why Paul wrote the book of Romans, because all the, the Jews were coming back into uh, Rome and everything. But that's a whole other story. Um, but what we understand is that Nero, he reigned from 54 to 68. And he was, again, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. He was nuts. So when we're looking at this, at, at, at the, the, the text here, and we're um, seeing some of these things that are, that are happening and how the world is, is, is changing all around, what we can't uh, um, forget or what we can't um, dismiss is that uh, the Bible doesn't take place in a vacuum. Because I think sometimes that's another portion or problem in which we have is we think, okay, I'm reading the Bible and it's all taking place in this vacuum and there was no effect from the outside influences uh, whatsoever. That's, that's not true because there is huge um, effect and implications from the outside in the, uh, the book of uh, Acts. In, in the um, other, you know, the epistles of Paul and stuff, there, there's a lot more from inside the church, but what we're going to see, there's a lot of outside influences as, as well. So when he says, when Luke says, you know, in the first book I, I wrote to you, Theophilus, I've dealt with these things. I've dealt with all that Jesus began to do. And teach. I love that. It's not just what he did. It wasn't just an account of what Jesus did. It was what Jesus taught. Uh, one of the things that we're going to see that it is vitally important to um, this book is something that uh, uh, is... Um, I don't want to spoil it here for a second. Just, just hold on. Uh, it's a cliffhanger, I know. Uh, but began to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. So it's, it's, it goes on, or it comes in, like, okay, I'm, I'm continuing where I left off in the first one, but he, he tells and gives this connection piece here and what it is, uh, um, not a spoiler alert, but like, this is what we're going to be talking about, uh, the, the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, in your Bibles, at the beginning of this book, what, does the, what is the title of this book? Okay, the Acts of the Apostles. Now, when I, when I, when I have you identify that, what, what I want you to understand, just like the chapter numbers, just like the verse numbers, the naming, the names of these books are not inspired by God. Okay? So it's not as if Luke was sitting there and he heard a voice say, Luke. No, <laughs> no, no, not that. Well, he is, but that was good. That was good. 
you were, you were waiting up all night to be able to do that one. You better take a nap. Um, and he didn't hear a Darth Vader voice say that. He, he didn't say, all right, I want you to write this down. The Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1, verse 1. No, he didn't say that. He penned the, 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 this book. And later on, uh, we came along. When I say we, us, the, the recipients of this, I said, okay, we have to have a title to it because it must have been some type A person. We can't just have this letter. We can't just have this writing without a title on it. God forbid, right? <laughs> Anyways, uh, so they put, they, they put a title on it. Now, I am not advocating that it is wrong. Please, please don't hear me say it. I'm not saying, oh, you know, they were wrong and we have a better understanding. No, no, no. I just don't believe that the Acts of the Apostles clearly or, or, or really uh, uh, effectively communicates what takes place in this book. I believe, if it were left up to me, I would be the advocate of saying the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I mean, that, that, would, that would be what I would say, because, and, and that's what we're going to see throughout the book, we see time and time and time and time again, it's all about what the Spirit of God is doing in the people. I, I, I think, and, and I wrote this down, and actually I wrote it right in my Bible because I think it's so vitally important, that Acts records how God used human means to send out the divine message of salvation. And he does that by the empowerment of the Spirit. So when we're, when we're looking at, at, at this text here, and we're, we're thinking, oh, these are just what the apostles are doing, pl please don't fall into that framework. Fall into the framework, and this is going to be part of the framework we're talking about. Fall into it that this is all about the Holy Spirit. Now, this is not we're going to get all woohoo, all crazy and everything in here. We'll keep, put a seatbelt on Dan. But no, the, what I think that we're missing so much in, in our church and in the church, uh, churches around is like just letting the Spirit of God move us. I think the Spirit of God, He's just, he's just sitting there waiting. Man, because we've talked about him being a gentleman. He's just waiting. Man, put me in the game, coach. Put me in. But we're trying to do it, and we're doing it, and we're doing it all on our own. What we need to, to, to uh, relinquish is control to him. Now, does that mean that we're going to go crazy? No, because God is a God of order, and we know that. But what we have to understand is that we can see what the Spirit can do with people who submit themselves fully to him. And you, you guys have heard me go on the rant before. The, the Holy Spirit is him, not it, right? And I am not on the gender whatever bandwagon and all. My pronouns are. No. I am identifying that God was clear to communicate that the person of the, of, the, of the Holy Spirit is that He, just like God is our Father, not our mother, God is our Father, Jesus is His Son, not His daughter, but, that's under, but we understand that the person of the Holy Spirit is living, he's active, but he is what we are going to look at, how he works in his people when we submit to him. So think about this, or just kind of keep this in mind. As we go through not only here, but even the Apostle or Paul's letters, we hear talk about the Spirit of Christ or the Spirit of Jesus. Don't think that there's like, there's the Holy Spirit. Well, then there's the Holy Ghost. Well, then there's the Spirit of Jesus. And then there's the Spirit of the Father. No, no, no. Oh, that, those are just one name for the same dude, Right? What we understand is he works, and how he works is through, here it says, the apostles whom he had chosen. What we need to understand, what apostles are, are those who are sent out. And this is not a, a, um, uh, a prescription. This is a description. Meaning th these aren't things like only the apostles can do this and there's only a certain set number. No, no, this is describing what God sent out people are to do. And understanding that God sent out people are chosen by him. 
Why is that so vitally important? Because if you're chosen by God and the Spirit of God dwells inside of you, you have all you need to do what it is that God wants you to do. And we're going to see what it is that God wants us to do. And I hope and my prayer is over the next two years or however long it takes us to, to go through this, that we get such a fire inside of us to let the Spirit of God move through us to do the purpose in which He has for us. That we, we, we see Him move. So we're not thinking about what, what's going on in the, 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 the book of Acts. We're thinking about what's going on in our church because we're seeing Him move amongst us. I don't know about you, but I get bored with church. I, I just say it. I get bored with church when, we, when we, we just come in and out. We do the same things over and over and over and over again. That is not what the church, and, and we're going to talk extensively about this, because the, the, even the term church, I think, has, has, has given us a, a bad understanding of what God's people are supposed to be. Because the, the, the term church is not found, now hear me, is not found anywhere in the Bible. Now, the rendering uh, the, through translation, we get church through the, uh, the, the, the German word kirch, which actually you get Kackner from, the man of the church. That, ain't that funny, right? Uh, but real, what, what the Bible communicates to us, what, he, what, what that word in the Greek is, is ekklesia. And, and, and you're not going to find ekklesia means church. No. Ekklesia means the assembly or the gathering. So when we think church, and I, and I know everybody has a story in here. When you think church, you think of a building. When you think church, some, some will even think, oh yeah, I'm going to go to this location or whatever. Or I got to go to church today. Well, if we could get in our mind that we don't go to church, we are the church. We are the ecclesia. We are the assembly. We are the gathering of God's people that is going to take, and, and, I, and I know that that's not a switch in which we're going to be able to, uh, uh, yeah, switch in which we're going to be able to flip, but that's going to help us understand like, what this is all about. When I say this, what the, whole, the book of Acts is all about, what God's purpose for us is all about, what it is that we're supposed to do because the Holy Spirit is real and lives inside of us. I, I was ironing my clothes this morning. And I was just thinking, I, I was jamming out to some, some wor worship music. Um, after I got the bagpipes going, that's a tradition in, in the, the, the Kackner household. If you haven't listened to the, 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 uh, the Celtic version of In Christ Alone has bagpipes in it, oh my goodness. Awesome! Anyways, uh, after that, I, just, I was ironing my clothes. And I'm just thinking... Because and the thought, let me give you a little bit of context. The thought was provoked yesterday. I was, uh, um, I was talking to an individual, and uh, I, I was. I, can I be honest with everybody in here? Should be all right. All right. So I, w I was sharing my faith with, with this dude, and I was just. It felt like I was, just forcing sharing my faith, like like I was okay. Sitting there with them, and I'm thinking, like, okay, now I got to do it. I got to do it. And I start. I was just forcing share, and I and, and I just had to stop for a second, and just like, okay, wait a second. I'm just trying to force and do what I think I'm required to do. How about I just do what I want to do, what what God is laying on my heart. Totally flipped the conversation. Was able to to to, to share my faith, and, and I think he 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 didn't fall down on his his face and. Uh, you know, received Jesus at the time, but I, I know I planted a seed in him. But the, the, the story is, as I'm sitting there ironing this morning, I'm just thinking about that, and I'm thinking about what it is that I was going to be preaching on today, and I'm thinking about, okay, we have a tendency to have this, this mindset that is on the flesh. And, and uh, how about this? Tur put your finger here, turn over to Romans chapter, five, or chapter 8 real quick. At, uh, Romans 8 verse 5. This is a, a, a very common chapter for us. We are in here a lot in chapter 8. But just in, in verse 5, it says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Now, why, why, am, I, why, why am I saying that? Because I, I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about that interaction that I was having, and I was like, I was approaching this from a fleshly mindset. Like, I had to do this. Because I have to do this so I get my gold star on my chart. 
My mind wasn't set on the Spirit and letting the Spirit have control. What I was doing is I was trying to, to, to just force myself into this. But as soon as, and it was, it was it, it, I mean, I could almost feel it. It was like a, a boom moment, like, hey, dummy, get out the way and let me, let me do what I do. Well, I, I, it, it, just, it just hit me like the Spirit of God is, is given to us for a reason. Yes, the book of Ephesians and, and throughout the Bible says that, that He is given to us for a, as a guarantee, as a seal. But He's given to us so that we can have power. Look with me, continue on, go back to Acts chapter 1. Because it says, verse 4 says, And while staying with them, he, being Jesus, ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. So he said, don't go anywhere, because if they would have went anywhere, they would have done exactly what I did yesterday and and tried to do things on their own, in their own way. They would have been walking around with big sticks and saying, yeah, you know what Jesus did? If you don't believe in him, I'm going to smack you with this thing. Probably not like that, but... Uh, something along those lines, they would have taken matters into their own hands. But Jesus says, wait, stay here. Wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John's baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Uh, this is one of those things where people, oh, you know, this is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is immersing in. To baptize is to baptismo, to immerse in, to be fully covered with, all right? To be immersed in the Spirit. You will be immersed, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And he says that this is the promise that came from the Father. We know, and we're going to see in a, in a, in a few weeks here, a couple weeks here, uh, about um, in the Old Testament when God promised His Spirit to be poured out on, on His people. Now, this is the same promise that Jesus brings up in John chapter 14 and in 16 and other places. But he, he talks about where Jesus, when he says, you know, it's better for me to go so that, that uh, I can send uh, the paraclete, the, the helper, the one who comes beside. That's what paraclete means. The one who comes beside. He's talking about the Spirit, the Spirit who will guide us, who will teach us, who will bring us to uh, things to remembrance. That's the promise that Jesus is talking about. That's what, 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 what is, is vitally important when we're, we're looking at this and we're seeing, okay, why Jesus ordered them. You, you pick up on that? I mean, if, if, if we have this idea that Jesus is like Brad Pitt, flowing hair, blah, 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 and they're like, okay, guys, I, I really don't want you to go anywhere. I, I really, I, it, it, would, it would please me if you just, just, just hung around here, if it's okay, just stick, stick around here in Jerusalem. No, that's not what it says. It says that, that, that the man, Jesus Christ, who's going to come back from heaven, right? Split the sky open, come back in a fierce way. It says that that same man, it said he ordered them. I, I mean, this is just my own speculation, my own sanctified imagination. And I think that it was cleaned up, but I think it was a little bit, it was more like this. All right, Peter, James, John, and the rest of you, you better keep your butt here. And don't, you better sit right here. Do not move. One, two, right? right? You stay right here. No, he ordered them, stay here. Well, Jesus did what, what, what you know, most of us... <laughs> Fathers, I mean, because moms don't do this, but, but most of us do. Like, we don't give the, you know, hey, we're, you sit here and, and, and there's something coming. I mean, we usually say, yeah, you sit here and if you move, I'm going to beat your butt. That's what's coming. That's what's coming. Jesus says, you wait right here for the promise in which the Father has given. The one that I communicated to you. Verse 6, it picks up. He says, so when they came together, they asked him. Now, j- j- just think about this. They, he already told them, okay, you're going to stay here. So they, they assemble back together. This is in that period of 40 days when, between Jesus' resurrection and Jesus' ascension. It's in that period of 40 days that they, they come together and they say, all right, you told us to stay here. They asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Well, why are they talking about this kingdom? Well, one... 
This is what they were thinking, a physical kingdom. Well, why were they even thinking about a physical kingdom? Well, because it says up there in verse 3, which I skipped, I know. In verse 3, that he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. Oh, I wonder what Jesus talked about when he, after his resurrection. The kingdom of God. There's no, you don't have to wonder about, ooh, you know, when he appeared to uh, his, his disciples and they were all fearful and, you know, uh, yeah, I know it says a, a few things, but 40 days, that's a lot of time. I mean, I wonder what he talked about. He talked about the kingdom of God. Why do you know that? Because I read my Bible. I mean, it, it's understanding here. It's very clear that they're asking about, okay, Jesus, you've been talking about this kingdom. You've been talking about the kingdom of God. But also think about, like, they, their minds didn't wrap, get wrapped around what the kingdom of God is yet. They were thinking physical right now. Jesus was speaking of spiritual. He was talking about the already, not yet. Anybody ever heard that term? The already, the kingdom of God is already here, but not yet here. I don't know. That's, I don't know. It's kind of the same thing as Jesus was fully God and fully man. How does that work? I don't know. And that was another thing. While I was ironing today, I'm thinking about, we, we, try, to, we try to wrap our heads around. I don't iron like that either. I don't know. We try to wrap our heads around God's infiniteness. Did I get it right that time? Is that the word? Infiniteness? In Never-endingness, right? We try to wrap our heads around that. I'm glad there was a vocabulary test in, in seminary because I probably, yeah. I know what it means, but I can't get the words out. But uh, uh, we try to wrap our heads. I'm thinking about it. Like We try to wrap our heads around who God is. Like our finite minds are going to do that. Now, does God want us to know him? Yes, he wants us to know him. But it doesn't say anywhere that he wants us to know everything about him. Because if we knew everything about God, then he wouldn't be infinite, right? But it does say that we need to trust who he is. We need to trust that what he says. So as I'm, I'm sitting there and, and I'm ironing in, in all of, of this, and I'm thinking about, okay, even, even his disciples, those whom he chose, that he called his apostles in the early, early on there, even those guys didn't fully understand what was going on. And then it hit me, well, the reason that they didn't fully understand is because they didn't have the Spirit of God in them. But then, so don't, wait, wait that's true, but, but there are still those today that we do have the Spirit of God in us, but we still don't understand. So we can't use the, the excuse that, well, the, the, you know, the disciples just didn't know because the Spirit hasn't been given to them yet. Yes, that is one very true element, but the Spirit of God gave them power, not fullness of understanding. There is some understanding in there, so don't go and say that I'm not saying that the Spirit of God doesn't give us understanding. He does. I fully believe that. The Bible fully teaches that. But what I'm saying is like, it's not as if we get the Holy Spirit and we know everything. We have to grow in our relationship. We have to, to understand who God is. What we are going to do for eternity is to spend eternity as believers in Christ. We're going to spend eternity with God learning about Him. Learning about His infiniteness, never-endingness. Right? We're going to be continually learning about that. So when we can't fault the, the, uh, the apostles here when they said, Okay, is it, is it time? When are you going to do this? I love Jesus' uh, his response. He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by His own authority. Now, that wasn't Jesus' sidestepping the question. It was just Jesus saying very politely, Stay in your lane, bro. Right? You don't, you don't need to know. Because what would have happened? Well, I know what would happen if it was me. If, if Jesus gave a, a, a specific time, I know me, I know my nature. <laughs> no, I'm asking that now. Uh, I, I, would be, I would be asking or I would, I would be living my life. Okay, I know this is going to happen on this date so I can live and do woohoo and whatever now all the way up. Well, I'm getting close to it, so I better get cleaned up, right? 
It's kind of like when you, you, you have to go somewhere and you really don't want to, to, to go there yet. And you're like, oh, dragging your feet. And all of a sudden at the last minute, you're like, okay, I got to take a shower. And I'm ready. Well, I think that that would be the approach. Or it's the complete opposite. You'd have these self-righteous yahoos that are going to, I'm going to get to the front of the line. That's how, that's how Jake runs. So, but, he, but these self-righteous yahoos that, want, that, that are going to, if, if they knew exactly when, they were just, oh, I'm going to get all the merit badges I can until I, until I get there. Well, Jesus just said, you know what, it's, it's not for you to know. It's not for you to know, and, and you just have to be okay with that. When's Jesus coming back? When he comes back? Wow, don't we have to know it? Nope. We have to know that he is coming back and that we should live our lives as if he is going to come back right now. It might be now. It might be tomorrow. It might be 20 years from now. I don't, I don't know, but we, we know and we believe that he is coming back. And I think that's what, what Jesus is really, he, he's telling them, like, don't, don't worry about all these times and these seasons. Your life should not be any different if you knew the times and the seasons. Your life should be consistent throughout. Look what he says, and I believe this is where we get our consistency, and this is where we're going to get our framework for the whole book of Acts. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So remember, he says, you're going to stay in Jerusalem until the, 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 the power of God, the, the power that uh, has been promised to you, until the promise of God has been given to you. And then from there, now he's saying, once that happens, then you're going to go. We're going to unpack that. Let me get through 9 through 11 here real quick. And when he said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who, uh, who was taken up uh, from you into heaven will come in the same way in which you saw him go into heaven. Uh, side note, for, for, uh, for everybody to understand, we talk about this a lot, but, oops, we talk about this a lot, but Jesus is going to come the same way in which he left. How do we know that? Because the Bible tells us that, right? So how did Jesus leave? On a cloud, right? How's he going to come back? On a cloud. So we're not going to have to worry about, oh, did Jesus come back and I missed it? No, it will be on every real news and fake news station. It'll be out there. So in the way in which he's coming back is not just going to be like, woohoo, I'm here. No, the sky's going to split open. He's going to come back. You will know it. And that's one, one of Paul's letters is to uh, the church in Thessalonica because they thought they missed it. And he's like, no, 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 you, you didn't miss it. But understanding that Jesus is going to come back the same way in which he left is, is important. But... What we really need to understand is that He is coming back, and we don't know when, so our lives should be consistent until that day. How can we have consistency in anything? Anybody, how can we have consistency in anything? Doing the same thing over and over and over. That's what it, it, it means, right? So what, do we, what is it that we need to do over and over and over and over until the, the return of Jesus? Share the gospel. Read his word. Absolutely. I'm, I'm going I'm to pack it into this. Be his witness. Be his witness. Okay, so in, in verse 8 it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. What we have to understand it is that the salvation of souls is a, is a supernatural work only made possible by the Holy Spirit's power. All right? It's only made possible by the Holy Spirit's power. It's a supernatural work. So I don't have to do anything? No, that's not. Remember what we talked about at the beginning. God uses human means... Right? God's using these human means to send out this divine message. 
The power in which we have. Paul says that, 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 that he's not ashamed of the gospel because of the power of God unto salvation. This power. So that don't think of the Holy Spirit as the power. He is the source of the power. That, 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 that makes sense? Because when we think of the Holy Spirit as the power, then we think of... Uh, 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 <laughs> the song just went through my head. I got the power! Sorry. But when we think of the Holy Spirit as the power, we, then we can think of Him as an impersonal force. No, He is the source of the power. He is one that gives us the boldness to do what it is that He has called us to do. I, I, I look at, at this text, and there's, there's a few things that, that, that kind of run through, through my mind. When He says that you will receive power, now, this is a, a, a word that um, it has power in itself. I mean, this is where we get the word dynamite. This has explosive power. But I think that, that, that what we can have a tendency to do is look at, oh, it's going to be explosive. That's not the intended purpose. Because remember, all in context here, that's not the intended purpose of what is being said here. The power, the dynamis, is, to, is the ability to do God's work. Is it going to be explosive sometimes? Absolutely. But sometimes it's just going to be that grinding. You know, it's going to be the, the, the low-end torque where you got to dr drop it down into low gear to, to pull the hill. It's the ability to do God's work. And that's when he says you will receive this power when and only when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, what we have to rest assured now and we will talk about this in the week to come, the, the, how this all pans out and the implications, all of the good stuff. But what we have to understand now is at, when we receive Christ as our Lord and our Savior, as we receive Him into our lives, when we make that, 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 that step from death into life by the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit, when we surrender our lives to Christ and say, you know what, the only way in which I'm going to get out of this place is you. The only way I'm going to get into heaven is because of what Christ has done. When we do that, the Bible is very clear that God gives us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to dwell inside of us. Yes, we are going to see accounts throughout the book of Acts where there was a time where the Holy Spirit fell on some people. We'll discuss all of that. But what we have to understand is there are things that are, are, are situational for a purpose of, of communicating a truth, and then there are things that are constant and, and, and that we have now that we live in. And what we can, have, we can rest assured is that when we surrender our life to Christ, as it is, we look through like the, 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 um, that chapter in Romans 8, when we look through that, all of those things are... Um, true about us because the Spirit has been given to us upon the, uh, the acceptance of Christ, the regeneration of, of, of our life. So I don't want anybody to think, okay, I've got to get, I've got to believe in Jesus and I've got to do something else. I've got to receive the Holy Spirit. And No, this Holy Spirit that is, God bless you, uh, with me, uh, this Holy Spirit, anybody get that? That's my wife. Um, this Holy Spirit which God, we're talking about here, this power uh, that He gives, when it comes upon us, the Holy Spirit of God, as a believer in Christ, has already come upon you. The question is, what you doing with His power? I, I, I wrote this down, and I think it's, it's worth just repeating. You don't have to write it, just, just listen. Because this... This text here. In chapter 1, verse 8, I believe this text it frames the whole book of, of Acts. This one, because of this, think of, think of this. Without the Spirit, there could be no witness for Jesus. All right? Without the Spirit, there could be no witness for Jesus. Yet, without the focus of witnessing for Jesus, the power of the Spirit has no purpose. 
hear this. Now, I'm not saying that takes away the, 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 the implications of the sealing of, of the Spirit of God. What, what I'm saying is right here, the, 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 the power of the Spirit is so that we can witness but when we don't focus on witnessing, and I think that that's where a lot of us have really fallen into. It's not that you don't want to. It's you're scared. I don't know how to do this. And I might get in the way. Yes, you will get in the way. You, you, your pastor got in the way yesterday when he was doing the same thing. But what we have to do is understand that it's when we get out of the way, he'll take over. But what, we, what we're looking at is without the spirit, there could be no witnessing. Yet without the focus of witnessing... That's why I've been pushing evangelism a lot. And, we, and the elders and I have talked about that. We need to learn how to witness better. That's not, I'm going to go knock on doors. No, that's living your life as a witness for Christ. Well, how do I do that? Well, I don't know. Everybody's different. There has to be a consistency that is empowered by the Spirit of God to be the witness. What we understand about the Holy Spirit is that He is given to glorify the Son. All that the Holy Spirit is about, all the person and the work of the Holy Spirit is about is pointing to Jesus. All the Son is about, all that Jesus is about is pointing to the Father. So when we understand that without the Spirit there could be no witnessing, yet without the, the focus of witnessing for Jesus, the power of the Spirit has no purpose, wherever disciples of Jesus become distracted from their witness for Him, the power is drained away. And I don't, you don't have to agree with me on that. I can just tell you stories and I can show you lives. And some of you might even be like, yep, I, I get it. So many times when I talk to people, and like, I just don't feel like I'm, I'm a Christian. I don't feel that God's working. I don't feel that, I, I, feelings aren't bad. I'm not saying that. But I, I think that the power of the Spirit just gets drained away. It's not as if we lose any of Him. It's just He gets pushed further and further and further back into the corner. And when he gets pushed further, further, and further back into the corner, he okay. And then we try to do everything on our part. Well, what we're doing is we're draining the power of the Spirit inside of us. What we have to do is like, you've heard it a million times before, let go and let God, right? That, that's difficult. That's difficult for some people. But what we understand is that we've been given this power to witness, and God is very clear that, that you use what I give you. If you don't use what I give you, I'm going to take it away. Again, I'm not saying he's going to take away his spirit. But what he does is our hearts are then hardened. And when our hearts are hard, just imagine the, the, the spirit of God, you know, little guy inside your heart with a big pickaxe, trying to communicate a message to you, but it's all stone. He's yelling into a cave. He's up against a wall that's a hardened, a hardened heart. That's what happens. When, because if we're, not, if we're not talking about Jesus, if we're not witnessing about Him, He's not going to be consistent in our lives. We need that consistency. You don't have to be crazy, bald preacher guy to be witnessing for Jesus. If the Spirit of God who lives inside you, the same Spirit that rose Christ Jesus from the dead, lives inside you, that same Spirit, he, it says that he, he's, he's there to give you life to this mortal body. How, how does He do that? That's one of those things that I don't know. I believe that He does. Why? Well, one, He says so. Two, I know so. Oh, there we go. Well, you have to... No, I know because I can look at my own life. I can look at my own situations and see where God is, has worked and is working. I mean, I just gave you an example of yesterday. And I'm, again, I'm not, I don't want to, I'm not trying to brag on that. I want to help motivate us that, to, to, to show you that there is difficulty in this. But it's okay. Guess what? My life didn't end yesterday when I was in that awkward moment where I'm trying to just, I'm trying to share Jesus and it just didn't work. Well, it didn't work because it was all on me. I'm still standing here before you. I didn't get stoned. What we have to understand is that the power that Jesus is, is, is talking about here and that the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit that frames this whole book of Acts because it's the acts of the Holy Spirit through God's people here, 
we know that it changes the world. And when I say it, I'm not saying it being the Spirit changes the world. The power changes the world. The power of God unto salvation, this gospel proclamation, the witnesses that we can be, change the world. Maybe we aren't going to change the world. Maybe this little church isn't going to change the world. But we can change our church. How about let's just start there. Let's start with, okay, let's, let's get in this idea and this mindset. Like, I, I want to be a witness for Jesus. If I say that I really believe what I, I say I believe, I, I want to I act on that. I want to do what it is that he has called me to do. I want to welcome him in to, to break through that, 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 that hardness of heart. I want to say, as we're going to sing in this song, band, you can all go up there. You know, as we're going to sing in this song, at least I think this is the song, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Don't, don't be afraid of God working in your life. Fear controls. We have had an up-close, in-your-face example of how fear can control a world. Don't let fear control your, your life and your witness. I'm not saying, woohoo, everybody get it crazy. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, be led by the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit and just rest in His comfort. That He's going to take you where He needs to take you here, where He wants you to, to, to be. He's going to give you the words in which to say. He's going to give you, Matt, this is a crazy one for people to, to understand. He's going to give you the time to do what he wants you to do. I've witnessed it. Let's pray. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we do thank you for this day. God, I thank you for all of your people. God, we, we, we started this, this long journey here of going through the book of Acts. My prayer is that we can look and see how, that how we have been given the Spirit and how uh, your power can go forth to be your witnesses. God, I, I pray that we can be those witnesses. God, that you give us the words when we need the words. You give us the opportunities. You give us all in which we need because you have given us all in which we need. God, let us just focus on you. Let us just rest in your truth. God, let us, as we finish in it with this song, just welcome you in to uh, not only to, the, the, to this place as in this, uh, this physical building, but into this place as into our, our lives. Father, it's my, my prayer if there's someone listening here or online that has not um, asked you to come in and be the, the, the Lord and the King of, of their lives, that they do that. That they surrender their will to yours. God, that you can give them new desires. Father, for the rest of us who have given our lives to you, God, we ask that we can let go of the, 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 the parts in which we're holding on to. God, that we can just unashamedly be witnesses for you. As we go through all of this, God, in the next two years or whatever it's going to take us, God, Stir in us to be better witnesses for you. Let us live as if you are coming back today. But not, let us not live in fear, like, oh, but let us live with power and enjoy what you've given us. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for what you're going to do. God, we pray all these things in Jesus' beautiful name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's